Geringverdiener und Flüchtlinge gegeneinander ausspielen. So sieht es auch der Sozialverband. Welcome to the Death by DVD Quarantine Special. It is me, Alexander Nash, and my co-host, Hank. Hey, I'm Hank. I didn't prepare Well, we're energetic. Yeah, um, we're recording in an underground complex, but from different parts of the underground complex, because Alexander Nash insists on recording in the nude. So we are telecommunicating with a supercomputer that is going to operate and, and run the show, the Brown Queen. You're all going to die down here. Uh, I, <laughs> I don't know why I went with Brown. I, uh... Because your humor is asinine and infantile? Yeah, I get it mostly from you, though. I mean, I'm just <laughs> regurgitated you. I'm you ten years ago, and you're your future, Nash. I don't know. It just, it sounded like you said regurgitated me. It sounded like you said you were the puke version of me. Yeah, that uh, could possibly be how you would say the phrase. <laughs> I, I wouldn't be upset with it. I am very well aware of my lack of personality and charm, but it's all right. I digress and I try every day to avoid people, not just because of COVID-19, because I think it's, you know, better that way. But yeah, you should be at home. If you're at home with nothing to do, then you are in trouble because we decided to do something about that, and it was a poor idea. It's Whenever we do specials, it's something that I probably came up with, and it's a, it's, it's, it's exhaustive and just a poor idea. I am sorry. And painful. It's yes. mostly always fucking painful. More or less Because that's me. what Hank likes to do. Um, and since everybody is on lockdown and quarantine for a while, we decided to put some extra content out for everyone so you can just listen to our charming ass voices more while you're stuck in a small eight by 10 space or whatever the fuck you're stuck, stuck in currently right now. And you can be quarantined with us and listen to several different shorter episodes of the show that are about Resident Evil movies because that's our original we're going to be talking about all the Resident Evil movies. At its core, I wanted to come up with a topic and a subject matter that could be somewhat reflective upon what's going on right now. And, of course, things like 28 Days and 28 Weeks Later came to mind. But, you know, we would have to formulate a lot of different little shows and, you know, actually work, put some effort into it. And I didn't know how many were in the, the actual series. I thought there were, were like 12 fucking Resident Evil movies and counting um, some cartoons and cgi movies there's there's a, a few more based on the video game series but we embarked on this because you know it's zombies it's a viral outbreak i thought it was a clever you know my attempt at being clever 
is usually somewhat like a pizza cutter, you know, no edge. So <laughs> <laughs> now we're here. We're we're here with Resident Evil, and I, I again I'll use the term I digress because I didn't really have a bad time. I'm gonna tell you that now. You're a fool. A I am damned fool. I'm also a because fool for the love. Resident Evil movies are on a whole fucking terrible. They're all oh, I don't bad disagree. Movies. I just uh, had some fun, I guess, appreciating how bad they are. And and I think you really have to understand what will and hope is and um, just break it and throw that idea completely out the door when you begin the series and you have any hope for uh, character development or story or any actual finalization of, of what's going on. Uh, and you just can't have any will. You just don't have it. You just need to go into this um, probably some inebriated uh, it's on something, you know, as you usually suggest, shoot heroin directly into your cock. Uh, I say maybe have a martini or, or nine, uh, you know, but go into this prepared. Prepared for mediocrity at its absolute core, because no one is trying in any of these movies. Everybody's just kind of showing up, getting paid and just putting out some crap. And people are just ingesting that crap and going, oh, no, it's OK. And that is what that is probably the best thing you can say about a portion of the Resident Evil movies. Like eh, whatever, it was all right. Uh, they progressively get worse, though. I think personally, I think they every single one gets worse and worse and worse and worse and worse. Yeah, definitely. Some of them, um, despite getting worse, I still feel are just a hoot to to get through. But I guess how we're gonna do this is two movies at a time, and you know, you will truck through, and you'll get to enjoy this. Uh, four episodes this week at some point because by the time this comes out, I think I don't know how we're gonna do it. I'm just rambling, but you'll have a rollerball episode. It doesn't matter. That's coming out sometime. <laughs> so in between rollerball, maybe before rollerball, depending on how fast our staff of 172 editors that are also in our hive-like underground super chamber while we sit out this flu and try and uh, you know make a bend here and not get other people sick. We'll see what we can do because we have all that all that going on in our massive laboratory and complex and stuff. We know? made ourselves sick with uh, Resident Evil film, so you didn't have to make yourself sick. Uh, let's start with the first one, which is Resident Evil from what two thousand two two thousand three two thousand and two two thousand two, which is a Paul W S Anderson film, and he has just had a wild fucking career. Of oh yeah. Doing some okay movies, doing some, I mean, it was pretty decent, and then just doing a bunch of complete and utter garbage. Um, mostly garbage, though. He His garbage outweighs anything else he's done. I think he's just an absolute madman when you evaluate his body of work, and, and it's just baffling. It's just absolutely baffling some of the products that he has put out. I'm looking at his IMDb right now as a writer, and it's like, of course he wrote Alien vs. Predator, asshole. And I, this isn't going to be an entire three-day extravaganza of us insulting him personally, but it's not going to shine a nice light on Paul W.S. Anderson. I wish it was the other Paul Anderson that had done the Resident I Evil series. I really think Paul W. S. Anderson has some talent, but I think he got involved with the Hollywood machine and realized that eh, people don't want good stuff, and I, they never make anything that I write that I actually like. People so here, here's stupid. some crap. I'll just here's some money. I, I'll, I'll make money, and that's all that matters. 
Okay, he did the first Mortal Kombat. I thought he did the second one, which the second one is very painful. But the first one, it's not good. I'm not going to lie to you, but it's tolerable. It's not bad. I didn't know he did Soldier also. He did the Death Race remake. I wasn't aware of that. I, I mean, some of these things are just faceless movies that I have never put any thought into. I don't know who fucking did the Death Race movies. I know Jason Statham's in it. Eh. He's in one of them. <laughs> I wasn't aware He's there were more than the, one. The one remake, and then there's uh, several different sequels that star uh, Jason Statham White, which I can't remember his name. It's like Luke Owens or some bullshit. I can't Yasem, remember. Lucas, Yasem. or I can't remember the fucking actor's name. Beside the point, though. Um. Anyway, so the first Resident Evil movie, it came out, and this era of filmmaking was very much... Uh, obsessed with like heavy metal music on the soundtrack, so you could sell a, New a, a metal, CD, a compact disc at the time. I mean, this um, was, it was was like what Marilyn Manson, Static X. The first soundtrack was very much a, a sound of its time, and I, it was right after you know things like The Crow really started using movie soundtracks, and it became you know, I mean because that happened in what '94, and so that boom kind of progressively moved onward from just heavy rock and roll to when new metal hit, uh, and that follows as a trend through most. I mean, fucking PODs on like three of the the soundtracks, a lot of it. Well, not only that, it's like it's kind of a perfect movie for one of those soundtracks because it all feels like a new metal music video and that would be my biggest problem because as far as the resident evil video game series goes um the first you know they're survival horror video games and they're very much about mood tone and like it pretty slow being slow well, key word you just part. said is horror it specifically is their horror survival games and two of them are a little bit more action-packed but this movie has an unnecessary amount of fucking karate and what baffles me mostly is all the characters that can do karate aren't the ones that, like, should be able to. And we'll get to that later because uh, I'm just, I, I've got things, man. I've got a lot of Resident Evil problems in my head right now. Well, I mean, that is, it's more indicative of the time period than anything because everyone at this point Max was obsessed Payne. with the Matrix and slow motion action scenes and tracking with the camera while it's paused and moving around the room. And all that crap is a bunch of hairspray, unnecessary, additive bullshit. It's just, I mean, there's no point to a lot of that, but that's just a style at the time. What's amazing to me, though, is that this series managed to keep that early 2000s like edgelord filmmaking style alive because they're the only ones who are still doing this kind of filmmaking up into like to like 2000 and like 16 I don't even know, what about just the, like um, ridiculous you had the transformer series and and you know things like that that weren't horror based but also featured a, a lot of heavy use of cgi I think too one of the the things just adding onto what on your statement is it uh, when the first re the first Resident Evil movie from 2002 as everything in that era was you know like the Rollerball remake was using the you know cutting edge newest effects so everyone was you know really watering their movies with them to you know use the biggest effect be the next new thing on the block but those effects quickly became boring and outdated and very very fake you know a year or two later and each movie progressively just does not stop with, like, shoving as much uh, computer-generated shit in your face as possible. So you get to the sixth one, it's, like, literally just green screens. That's it. Oh, I mean, most definitely. They they didn't do quite as much green screen, green screen work in the first Resident Evil, but it does have a fair amount of CGI. And probably my biggest problem with 
Like, I, I don't understand why it needs to be a giant complex underground with, like, labs and all this other shit. I know that's part of the Resident Evil thing, but it's not that giant of a complex in the first video game. It's not, like, this giant multi... I mean, Umbrella's a part of everything and all that, but it's not just this, like, really over-the-top... So much of it takes place in the mansion. And, and what, five, ten minutes into the original movie, they just go to the underground facility... We just skip over all the horror stuff. We skip over all the, you know, figuring things out as we go. We give a character with amnesia a chance to figure out why she's there and also to, to kind of make it look like something else is going on since it really isn't, since we really have no idea how to write this character, this Alice character that we've thrown in inexplicably because she's not even a character from the video game. And we get there, and for the time period, I did enjoy... Some of the zombie action in this, they got a lot of the zombie shots correctly, knowing how to shoot uh, zombie survival type footage uh, when that happens, like, especially when they crawl on top of the like the uh, the pipes, the air ducts, and there's like you know hundreds of zombies reaching, grabbing at them from underneath. That like that's kind of a cool scene, like you, that you would put in a zombie movie. Um, the infected dogs can go to fucking hell. That is some of the dopiest shit of all time. Here's Not only one of that, my it... biggest problems is this is for the entire series too. Are there no other dogs? Why is it a Doberman just consistently? And, and I've said before, all of my gripes are going to be incredibly petty that I interject and throw in here. But goddamn, it wouldn't have just been funny at one point to do a little zombie kitten something. I mean, the Dawn of the Dead remake—you got a zombie baby. They're at least you know doing a curve to this whole thing and trying to do something new. And this just gets completely repetitive. That. You know, six fucking movies later, there's still just zombie Dobermans roaming around. Like, God, at least give me a border collie. And I wouldn't mind the dogs. I wouldn't mind the dogs as much if the dogs were just dispatched with, you know, just shooting them and what. No, we have to have a extended karate fight scene where we're kicking dogs in the face. It's just like, what is this dumb yeah. shit? Okay, why does everyone know fucking karate, but the movie centers around this uh, ultra badass, you know, aliens-esque, uh, you know, the Colonial Marines, Hudson and Vasquez and Hicks and all those guys, style strike squad comes in. All of them don't know karate, but the chick with amnesia can just suddenly kick ass and well, these amazing rap We'll find kicks. out more about her later, so she, it's programmed into her, Hank. Yeah, but wouldn't She's a clone. be fucking trained to, uh, you know, the, the UBCS response squad to actually handle a situation like this? Like, those are the guys that you might have needed to do karate at, at any point throughout the movie. Not that there needed to be karate at all. And, like, Karate Zombie sounds like its own thing, and that'd be great, but this is Resident Evil, so, you know, I'm, I'm just... And I'm not trying to constantly compare it to something like uh, the video game because it is truly its own entity, even though it shares the same name and it is, you know, responsible by Capcom. Because you gotta try and have. I don't want to like make it seem dreadful. This entire show of all the gripes and complaints, because like you gotta try and at least find some form of enjoyment with with what's going on. And I do. I I, I mean, it's an obvious kind of aliens vibe when the movie starts, and it's very. Uh, macho back and forth, and of course, you know Michelle Rodriguez is always, you know, pretty intimidating and plays a really tough character, and that gets so boring. Like, what? It's a fucking zombie movie, and it's just a bunch of ballsy attitude, but it has no backing. And then you start getting exposed to what could be horrifying, like uh, the the Cerebus, the zombie dogs, and it's just kind of watered down with the the the, the of, of the time uh, massive bullshit slow-mo effects and karate and it just doesn't do much for you 
No, not at all. I mean, that's probably one of my biggest gripes about it is it's so focused mostly on being action and not being horrific action or anything. It, it's so focused on like being cool and doing a bunch of karate moves and then landing in a Superman pose and just so completely unnecessary for a film that could be taken seriously. I mean, you could actually take this story seriously and do something kind of interesting with it and do something smart, but instead it, you decided to do kind of the stupidest version of a Resident Evil movie you could. But that's also partially probably why it was successful is because it is the stupidest version of a Resident Evil movie you could do. Um, and it really just goes nowhere. I think the amnesia plot was just kind of ridiculously thrown in, like I was saying before, because it's if you're if you give your audience amnesia, you can pretend like, oh, there's a story here because we're finding out pieces of the story the entire time, as opposed to if you told that exact same story just at the beginning of who these characters are and why they're there and all that, you would have nothing. You would just have mindless fucking action. So the story structure in itself is trying to um, really kind of be something more than an, it is because it's it's kind of a nothing movie. There's no real anything going on. And plus, it's overly lit, I personally think, and a bunch of other different film problems I have with it. But overall, like, it it was okay. I, I think I saw it in the theater when it came out, and I was like, eh, that was, that's all right. I mean, it, it wastes some time. You can sit through it. It's not a terrible, terrible, terrible film, but it's just kind of movies for fucking dummies more than anything. And there's a place for that. But not always. I mean, when he did go on after this to make uh, Aliens versus Predator, I knew he that this that dude too? just. Yes, he directed okay, it. And well, uh, I'm just same thing with that film. I'm changing I my previous pro- statement that I'm not going to insult him. Fuck that guy. I, I'm I'm still will be childish over Alien vs. Predator. I just cannot stand. Well, I have the same series. problem with Aliens versus Predator as I do with Resident Evil is because we're so concerned on not telling a story. We're so concerned about getting from fight scene to fight scene to action sequence that we don't really give you any character development. We don't give you really anything to like really sink your teeth into because I don't know, I got this shot where uh, the, the fucking face hunkers launch out of the eggs and we do a fuck 360 shot around it while it's frozen in the air. And then we ramp up and it like hits a guy in the face. Now the incubation period on a face hugger is like, 20 minutes before it becomes a full scale fucking alien warrior. It's just like, okay, so we're just, we don't even care about plot structure story. We just got to get to the actual shit that, that, that you want to get to. So it's just movies for morons. It's a movie. I mean, I will give him this. He did make a video game movie because especially back in the that day, had nothing to do Resident with the video Evil game. was standing though, because Resident Evil is a little bit different than a lot of video games. He dumbed it down and made it even like, a, a really stupid video game turned into a movie. Uh, on the the point of the success of Resident Evil as a video game, it certainly is one of the most successful uh, of its genre, and it's changed several times from first person to third person, but it's continued to, uh, you know, carry out the characters and the stories that you're given in the very first game. You know, Chris and, um, Cla- well, Claire shows up in the second, but uh, Jill Valentine, Barry, Albert Wesker, and a lot of these characters we'll, we'll bring up and come back to later. But one of the things... But I will um, say this about those characters, though. What is the fucking point other than fan service? Because they never become any of those characters. 
ever do they become those characters. The, the, the more you look at these movies um, and acknowledge the video games, or if you have any knowledge of them, which I don't want to come off like I fucking know everything about the games. I just spent a lot of time this week reading Resident Evil wikis and doing Wikipedia you know, pages and doing comparisons of, well, this was in this fucking movie, and this was in this movie, and... Uh, like I said, there there is a little bit of fun to be had in this, especially if you are a bit of a fan of, of the game series. But the game series really is, I think, one of the most successful horror genre-based things of its time, which, you know, we definitely should celebrate as we mainly are, you know, started this uh, because of a love of horror movies that sprawled into to film in general. But just to be celebrated, you know, something horror-related. One of the things I want to attempt to do on this show, and this is going to be hard, is... Uh, keep sort of a semblance of the characters and, and the plot and what's going on in these movies. So the first Resident Evil begins with the amnesia plot with uh, Miliovovich Alice, and as it progresses, you've got this alien strike squad, and they're essentially trying to shut down a supercomputer, and it just fucks things up. There's not a lot of need to go deep into the story, but what you're exposed to here is, uh, let's see who's important. Um, some of the members of the strike squad, Alice and, or not Alice, sorry, Rain and One, these will be characters that we have to pay attention to a little bit later for some fucking reason. And Alice, more importantly, because she is our heroine and we're going to follow her the entire series. And this goes, this is the weirdest roller coaster in the goddamn world. And I'm convinced that a group of <laughs> like six year olds to 15 year old boys uh, sat and wrote all of these because it just gets just absolutely batshit. And I, I'd like to do a fucking commentary for one of them just because it's so hard the, the the more we progress the weirder this is going to get but for all intents and purposes outside of knowing karate she's a reasonable character in this movie it's she's a human normal character and it's an action horror movie so I, i'm willing to suspend some disbelief that everyone not everyone apparently can do karate but most people have some idea and, and my i mean it could be jujitsu i don't fucking know but it's not the point then it's going to just go, the next movie goes into such overdrive, it's, the next movie's not even like a, a crack binge kind of thing, it's just its own, it's a PCP-fueled monster, and it's, I don't know, one, I, I don't want to say one of the least enjoyable, because it really attempts to have a story, it really, really tries to somewhat acknowledge the previous movie, and it just, I don't know, but when we get there, we'll Fails get there. miserably? Uh, but uh, yeah, it, it definitely it fails at all of its attempts. But what I want to at least try and do is is service the audience with uh, following Alice and 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 what she can do and what she can't do as each movie goes on. And then a lot of the time, other movies aren't acknowledged anymore. So we'll try and fill those gaps and make some sense of it. I I, I can't promise anything, but I'm gonna try. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> I mean, we introduce a lot of concepts in the first film, like the Umbrella Corporation, and that she is somehow. Do do we mention in the first one that she has the virus? No, that they she's tell got us the T virus. She's um, introduced once. Um, number one, and the the whole strike team pulls off their mask. They re they remind her she's a security agent. Her and Spencer. Have a yeah, fake she marriage. works for Umbrella. Yeah, so that's, I mean, you get a little bit of idea of, of, okay, maybe she knows how to do all this defense stuff because she's a security agent. But they decided to costume her in, like, not even an evening gown, just a, a useless red slit dress. And uh, that just continues for the entire movie. And it, you, you're just, you're showing me one thing and then trying to be edgy, like we're breaking boundaries. And no, you're just not explaining a goddamn thing with any of your writing. So at this point in time, all we know about Alice is she is some sort of security agent that has worked for the Umbrella Corporation, which is 
a massive, uh, going back to the Rollerball show and why I referenced it, something, it's a similar concept from, from something like the Norman Jewison film uh, of one giant corporate entity kind of having way too much control and, and being able to cover up government incidents or having, uh, you know, a shadowy presence behind the government. So it's a very uh, non-wholesome organization. That An works. impossible level of control over the situation. Not even reasonable to any sort of standard. Uh, no, we have our fingers in everything. That like, too is quite a, literally kind of, everything. That's one of the parts of the video game that you have to suspend dis- disbelief with, but also to you're playing a video game, and you know the, the things spiral out of control somewhat similarly with the world ending and the the zombie virus and all sorts of different mutations and things like that from the the, the game translation to the movie translation, but. I don't know. I think it's by the third movie is when you really start questioning how Umbrella could even be existing at the facilities they're existing at. Part two makes a little bit. Part two is is a much more. Um, I don't want to say. Well, part two like actually attempt, feels but... like a sequel, and this is yeah. like the, one of the only ones that really feels like a sequel. Let's just go ahead and get into part two right now because we do bring Alice back. It takes her a while to get back because we're just introducing the city of Raccoon City and how it's been overrun by like the zombie apocalypse and they've got it walled off and all that shit. And one thing I do like about apocalypse is we take all the the zombie stuff incredibly seriously and, you know, big roving hordes of zombies, lots of people panicking throughout the city. Lots of, you know, like what an actual zombie apocalypse would feel like in a major city like this. And I think all that is for the most part, pretty cool. And we introduce a bunch of new characters, which some of them have a, purpose because they were in the video game and some of them don't then they're all kind of really don't have too much character other than hi i'm a russian guy hi i am middle eastern but i think i'm playing puerto rican or hispanic in some way yeah, carlos um, olivier i'm pretty sure was a puerto rican character but it's fine it, it doesn't matter and we introduced that the red queen here's where i start getting confused because i thought the uh the scientist in the wheelchair, his daughter was what they based the Red Queen on. You'd and think. I, I think they retconned that oh, several absolutely. different times, like three different times throughout the series. They retconned that idea specifically. Well, there's something specific to, to take note of when you decide to watch the Resident Evil series. At the very beginning of each film, there's a little narration from Alice. And if you look at it, they include clips from all the previous movies. And there are definite things omitted and i think once you get past part three there is absolutely no clips no mentioning and no reference of any of the events of part two until uh jill valentine comes back which uh, you know we'll we'll get there when we get there but i i always kind of felt that this hadn't well she's like jill valentine's movie is a complete afterthought she's just kind of throwing it could be literally any character but i mean she's from the game we're gonna dress her like she's from the game but here you go she's in it this follows more or less um, Resident Evil 3 Nemesis a little bit more, and they, they tried to costume her without giving the explanation uh, as to why, because they're adding a lot of those characters in. and um, like Because you know, Resident Evil 2 is about Claire Redfield and Leon S. Kennedy, which, again, are characters and, and names you'll have to remember because we'll get to them when we get to them. Uh, where was I going? But uh, I'm sorry. I, initially, my thought was I felt that this uh, Resident Evil 2, Resident Evil Apocalypse, as it's called, right? This is Apocalypse, 2004. Yeah. And I don't think Paul W.S. Anderson directed this one, but um, my whole point, goddammit, was it, it's not that it's a funny movie, and so I don't mean this in a uh, that sense. 
but I think the way the the movie was handled and the violence uh, and just how explicit it is because it's almost nonstop. It's almost comedic to the point that I, I it doesn't really bother me. You know, when somebody gets eaten by a zombie dog or you know royally fucked up, there's not like ooh that's awful. It's just effect after effect after effect, and it starts getting pleasurable. It's like, well, how's this guy gonna die? What's gonna happen now? How are they gonna keep shooting without running out of bullets? Yeah. Well, see, I like a lot of, I mean, and again, we've done a more dumbed down version of Resident Evil. We've made it way more action packed than any Resident Evil game at that point had ever been. I do like all the Nemesis stuff. I think it's a kind of an interesting design and kind of an interesting character. Um, Probably the one, there's two big scenes in this movie that irritate the fuck out of me. And they both involve Alice doing her impossible feats of fucking ridiculous karate, whatever the fuck you want to call it. One is when she drives the motorcycle into the liquor and somehow the motorcycle, like that's not physically possible for the motorcycle to shoot straight up like that. That is not how physics work, people. And second is the um, is the wall run where oh, she straps yeah. herself in My and two runs least down a building. Also. That comes back a lot. They do the wall run throughout several of the movies, and it's it's just absolutely ridiculous. Resident Evil 2 is where we begin to acknowledge that Alice isn't quite human. And at the, the, the last movie, uh, I guess it's spoilers, I'm sorry, only two characters survive, one of which is Scratched and the other one is Alice. Uh, the one that's Scratched is put into the Nemesis program, and it's, I guess, assumed Alice is taken to some medical research facility, and that's how the film ends, with her breaking out of it and finding a shotgun. And they do acknowledge that going into the sequel, which is nice. It's one of the few times that something is fucking acknowledged properly and dealt with in a, I don't want to say cinematic manner, but at least in a linear idea that it makes a little bit of sense. And, um, like, immediately, Alice uh, ends up hooking up with Jill Valentine, a nameless character that's just fodder to eventually be killed because he's already been fucking bitten. And just says, like, I don't know, they worked on me. I'm just different, man. That's it. (laughs) And, like, that's really what we kind of get. And it's, like, this, like, should-be Mexican standoff scene. And it turns into one of my least favorites on top of uh, the running down the wall and the motorcycle scene. All the dead in the graveyard start coming out. Why? Why Yeah, that that is not consistent storytelling at all. That never happened before. It's a cool scene. Uh, zombies though dead they're in a graveyard didn't you see it coming like yeah I thought you were just doing it because they weren't going to do it right, never mind never mind because these are like the small tidbits that you can't be disappointed over because there's so much more to come is this also like because um, it's been a little bit do they start launching out of the graves do they yeah. blow up out of the graves it's like Return of the Living Dead okay but I mean it's some cool zombie footage. I'll give them that much. I yeah. mean, it's some interesting looking shit. But even the combat um, footage as well. Like all the action aspects. Once you get the the uh, again a new strike squad with fucking um, it's a kid from a Christmas story, isn't it? It's not a kid. It's a grown ass man. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I cannot. Oh, Zach, Zach Ward. Um, Zach Ward. What? Zach Ward. Z A. C K W A R D Z is for Zoinks, it's Zach Ward. A is for Awesome, it's Zach Ward. C is for Check Out My Man, Zach Ward. K is for Kevin Look, it's Zach Ward. W is for...
isn't yeah, it? Yeah, Zach Ward. Yeah, he has the, um, the belief I'm a Christmas story. And uh, our, our Puerto Rican is played by Oded Ferrer. So I'll leave that to you to decide if they cast correctly. And we, we do set up a, a lot of interesting characters. Some of them they let go of. Some of them they try to hang on to for the next film and that sort of this thing. This is where it gets weird with how characters get let go of, though, because they'll start establishing you know, like actual development and some personality and then just fuck it, they're dead. Nope, no more. See you later, Russian guy. And it's it's kind of baffling because you spend more or less half the movie with some of the characters that they just uh, extinguish, just straight up. The only hope you really have is that Alice is going to live. And I, I think at this point in the series, you still might have a little hope for the, the, the video game aspects. Like, cause, all right, we've got Jill, we've got Carlos, we've got... You know, some interesting things here going on with the nemesis, so it might might perk up a little bit. And then it just it progresses to complete weirdness. And the, the end of this one um, is, uh, is I don't know, the end of this one is where I start to, to, to question everything. And I think it makes it really easy to figure out the ending of the whole series. If But they don't include this one canically, which is fucking weird to me because they still kind of use aspects of this later on. But, wow, we'll get there when we get there. I keep saying that. <laughs> well, I mean, I will give them this one. This one's probably the most, I mean, it does have story. It does have some character development, but it's also the most action oriented uh, because almost every scene is okay. About five minutes of dialogue. Now let's get to the next action scene. Five more minutes of dialogue, next action scene. But they also do attempt to do some more horror based things in it, like some actual like non-action horror stuff to where, you know, using tone and using sound and using, um, you know, some build to really get to some kind of horrifying things. Um, I, I kind I kind of like this one, actually. I think this is better than the first one, personally. I think this has a really nice zombie sound effect, um, touching upon what you were just saying. It's got a nice sound design. I wouldn't say great, but when somebody gets shot, it's really wet. When there's feasting and flesh ripping, it's really got a kind of... Nice Day of the Dead sound to it. Well, it I, feels more like a zombie film than a lot yeah. of the other ones do. It feels like it's focused a lot on a, a zombie invasion as opposed to all this other. Because personally, I find like character or characters, but um, creations like the liquor and the dogs and all these like monsters not very interesting because most of the, the monster type characters end up being just kind of bad CG and just kind of excuses to have hyper action scenes with zombies. You can really build some tension and with like a dog that's running, there's no real tension in any of the rest of that shit. It's just kind of like action for the sake of action. And I'm just not quite as interested in it personally. The dogs aside, I think if they had taken some time to develop the bioweapon characters, it, it might've had a little bit more impact when it came to scaring the audience or, you know, just uh, instilling that there's something else. Because that's a big aspect of the video games is your discovery of what the different types are, the tyrants, the nemesis, and you end up finding logs and, and journals and official updates from Umbrella and computers as you play throughout the game and you, you learn what these creatures are. Then, you know, it's a, it's a horror game. They start appearing and coming for you. One of the whole uh, Resident Evil 3 is about the nemesis coming after Jill Valentine, and that's what most of the game is. You're trying to escape from that and, of course, the, the zombie horde coming on at the same time. So developing them and maybe giving a bit more background outside of like, oh, so Matt's just the nemesis now. And there's like a brief glimpse at a surgery scene that, you know, maybe we could have gone a little bit longer into just something to show the more seedy uh, bioweapon, you know, 
and I don't want to compare everything negative to the Nazis, but you know, it's kind of got that like Auschwitz Mengele experimenting on human uh, idea, which is really terrifying, and they just don't. They don't really acknowledge it. They spend a lot of time with Alice, and um, getting into the end of this one, Alice th fucking dies and is cloned, and that should have you know the, the whole series bases on this at this point. So whoever we had and but she was movie, always a clone, wasn't she? Well, that they don't you know I think that's back writing. By the time we get to the end of the series, that's the entire point that she's always been a clone. But in the first movie, you're just led to believe that she has amnesia and was a security agent. And since this incident has happened, she's now revolting and is anti-umbrella. Now at the end of part two, she's fucking dead. Like, there's no coming back. She gets a metal fucking ass pipe through her chest. A helicopter crashes, and a clone of her is birthed in a laboratory with, um, is it Dr. Isaacs? This character, Dr. Isaacs, that's now brought in. And, you know, there's a big attack, and we, we progress into what's going to happen in the third movie, kind of, sort of. One of the things I thought was interesting is the very, very first movie has um, an opening narration and kind of an ending narration, and they used a bit of it. And Resident Evil 2, but they added in the Dr. Isaacs character. There's um, a character in the game called William Birkin who is, is very responsible for a lot of the virus and mischievous shit that happens and why there's a giant outbreak. He does the narration at the beginning of Resident Evil. So his character was one of the very first ones that they somewhat developed. There's a, an actor credited, and I can't recall his name, um, for, for the role, and... Uh, Jason Isaacs uh, was William Birkin, and it never really reappears, and that's the first time massively that uh, the series just completely drops ideas and, and characters, which is strange and baffling to me because they're all fucking written by Paul W.S. Anderson. Well, I, I think it's almost like he doesn't even really pay attention to what he wrote last time. It's almost like he wants to start fresh each and every movie. But use and... Alice every time. Well, I mean, I would honestly, I would venture to say that like maybe the first three movies feel somewhat connected, and then the last three movies feel like completely different things each time. Like they have no connection with any of these characters, anything that's gone on before. It's just like each time we retcon it. But up to about the third one, they are kind of holding on to a little bit of consistency with an idea of where they're going with it, and then after that, it just fucking goes off the rails and makes no goddamn sense. So let's see where we're at with uh, some of these characters and who we've been introduced to. We've got uh, Carlos, Jill Valentine. Who else goes on? Uh, my man Mike Epps. We got TJ. He's we got my, and they. Uh, we'll get into that on the the next episode. What they do to Mike Epps. It's not good. I'll let you know that's not good. What they do to my man Mike Epps. Which he's uh, some of the comic relief, and I guess some of the real reason the movie seems uh, a little humorous to me. And he has some of the best lines of dialogue that really does break up some of the tension. So Alice, at this point, is some form of bioweapon. She can do, uh, that's why she knows super karate. So they, they wrote around that. They figured out why she can do all these amazing things. And she seems impervious, sort of, to regular infection. I mean, Which, let me tell you, when you do a character that's like that, who's impervious to things and has all these superpowers, it makes them a hell of a lot less engaging or relatable, to make them relatable to me as a human being. It's just like, oh, all right, you're great at everything, and you're just some kind of super character. Makes it just not very interesting uh, you know, from, from a writing standpoint. Even something as simple as uh, her not being able to be infected would have been interesting. 
Well, I never have any fear for her because I know she's always going to like get back up every single time. No matter how bad she gets fucked up, we're not killing this character off because she's got superpowers and shit. So, I mean, she's just better than everybody. They blatantly like, fuck, kill that's her. That's not interesting. She is, she is fucking dead ass at the end of part two. They, she is dead. There's no way she survived that, and they brought her back within seconds. So, it, I mean, and it, it, now at that point, you don't even know which Alice is No Alice. stakes. Yeah, it, it truly doesn't matter what happens. But, um, yeah, going on into the third one, and I guess well, that, that'll be the next time around. We, uh, we have, and it's, it's the, uh, I'd say one of the more fun ones. We're going to go into a, a fun one, kind of. Possibly. It's probably going to be the end of me having any sort of sympathy for anything in this series, though. I will continue to try and form um, something for you to follow with what is happening with these characters. And and like I said at the beginning of this, it was kind of fun for me just because it's fucking ridiculous. So you got to take it lighthearted, I think. I mean, and I'm sure somebody will listen to this and be greatly offended because we've insulted the Resident Evil series so highly. But, again, I'm not even trying to be highfalutin. We're just talking about Resident Evil. We're sitting around quarantining, as you should be, talking about I want a quarantini. The president says you should go back to work and die for Wall Street. We say you should stay at home and watch the Resident Evil movies and listen to our show. I'm not your boss, and neither is he, so make your choices wisely. The ashtray's full, the bottle's empty. We'll be back. Death by DVD is recorded in front of a dead studio audience. Portions of today's programming have been mechanically reproduced. The management and the staff wish you a pleasant good night and good morning. Ah, there you are. Things, I gather, have gone out of control. She told me you got bit, motherfucker. I'm hanging with you and shit. Oh, my God. 